Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And we'll also visit with Linda Harden, the author of Greetings from Paradise. It is February the 1st, and on this day in 1884, the first portion of the Oxford English Dictionary, considered the most comprehensive and accurate dictionary of the English language, was published. Today, the OED is the uh, definitive authority on the meaning, pronunciation, and history of over half a million English words, past and present. Plans for the dictionary began in 1857 when members of the London London Philological Society, who believed that there were no up-to-date, error-free English dictionaries available, decided to produce one that would cover all vocabulary from Anglo-Saxon period from 1150 A.D. to the present. Conceived as a four-volume, 6,400-page work, it was estimated the project would take 10 years to finish. In fact, it took over 40 years until the 125th and final uh, was, uh, word was published in April 1928, and full dictionary was complete over 400,000 words and phrases in 10 volumes and published under the title A New English Dictionary of Historical Principles. Unlike most English dictionaries, which only listed present-day common meanings, the OED provided a detailed chronological history for every word and phrase, citing quotations from a wide range of sources, including classic literature and cookbooks. The OED is famous for its lengthy cross-references and epidemiologies. The verb set merits the OED's longest entry in approximately 60,000 words detailing over 430 uses. A little bit of overkill, it seems, but nonetheless, no sooner was the OED finished that editors began updating it. A supplement containing new entries and revisions was published in 1933, and the original dictionary was reprinted in 12 volumes and officially renamed the Oxford English Dictionary. Between 1972 and 86, an updated four-volume supplement was published with new terms for the continually evolving English language plus more words and phrases from North America, Australia, the Caribbean, New Zealand, South Africa, and South Asia. In 1984, Oxford University Press embarked on a five-year, multimillion-dollar project to create an electronic version of the dictionary. The effort required 120 people just to type the pages from the print edition and 50 proofreaders to check their work. The online version of the dictionary has been active since the year 2000. At a whopping 20 volumes, weighing over 137 pounds, it would be reportedly take one person 120 years to type all 59 million words in the OED. Incredible story indeed. Although if you think back to the times of, uh, for example, our founding fathers, English was uh, spelling, the use of language was, uh, the dictionaries, which has been a tremendous contribution to uh, the, maybe the uniform use and proper use of the English language. Well, Naples, Naples voters are going to head to the polls today to elect three members to city council. Councilman Ray Chrisman, realtor and former management consultant John Dugan, Vice Mayor Terry Hutchinson, former executive Beth Betrinoff, and realtor and former Naples police officer Ian Rudnick are running for three at-large seats. Polls open at 7 a.m. this morning. And any voters in line by 7 p.m. will be able to vote. There are seven voting locations throughout the city. Collier County Supervisor of Elections is a map on its website where you can go and find the assigned precinct. Go to uh, colliervotes.gov and navigate to Voters tab to use the map. Voters must present a photo ID signature at the, at the polls. If the ID doesn't contains a photo but no signature, the voter will have to show additional form of accepted ID with the signature. <clears throat> All that you probably know, but nevertheless, do vote today if you're qualified to vote in the city of Naples. I'm not. 
I'm not a resident of Naples, but irrespective, it's important because you'll find that uh, when all is said and done, just a few votes can actually separate uh, the, the difference between uh, between candidates. Just a couple of votes can determine who's going to serve on city council. Your vote really does count if you have a chance to vote today. Well, investors have been scouring southwest Florida to grab whatever they can to get their hands on in the nation's hottest market. A new National Association of Realtors report puts southwest Florida at the top of America's most sizzling commercial metros. Nine of its best 15 are in the Sunshine State, and three of those are Naples, Cape Coral, Fort Myers, and Sarasota and Bradenton. On the whole, these top markets generally have strong growth in experiencing net domestic immigration. But low vacancy rates and greater absorption of commercial property are experiencing strong rent growth compared to nationally. As a consequence, you're seeing big national firms like Blackstone coming in and buying up rental properties because they see rentals, of course, uh, starting to go up, which is going to uh, create some real pricing, uh, pricing problems for those who uh, <clears throat> need affordable housing. Well, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis turned the tables Monday on Democrats and journalists who've been attempting to use small neo-Nazi demonstrations in Orlando this weekend to attack him and Republicans in general, calling it a desperate smear. Footage of a confrontation between a driver and a neo-Nazi went viral over the weekend with left-wing activists attempting to link DeSantis to the racist and anti-Semitic group. DeSantis was asked about the controversy during a press conference on Monday, and he blasted the media and the Democrats for attempting to smear him after noting the neo-Nazis would be dealt with for allegedly violating local laws by demonstrating on highway overpasses. He cited his own record defending the Jewish community, providing funding for Jewish religious schools, supporting Israel, and generally turning his state into a haven for Jews, especially Orthodox Jews who are moving to Florida in large numbers from Democrat-run states like New York and California. He also noted that Democrats elevated anti-Semites like Representative Elon Omar, a Democrat from uh, Minnesota, and converted with the likes of Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan, a noted anti-Semite. He said Democrats were attempting to smear him to elevate a half-dozen malcontents to distract from their own failures, both domestically and Democrat-run cities, and internationally in the Biden administration's foreign policy struggles. He said, I'm not going to be smeared by them. And oh, by the way, Florida is probably, maybe other than Israel, the number one destination for Orthodox Jews to move to, if you look over the past few years, because we do it right because we've been providing tremendous support, he said. DeSantis led the U.S. House of Representatives delegation to the opening of the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem in 2018. So DeSantis getting the last word there. Again, Republicans do whatever they can to smear uh, DeSantis. Just take a few neo-Nazis and then have it splash all over DeSantis' administration. It's not going to happen. Well, the government of far-left Prime Minister Justin Trudeau withdrew non-essential personnel from Canada's embassy in Kiev. Ukraine this weekend and sent the nation's defense minister to the capital to discuss alleged potential Russian invasion of the country. Meanwhile, the Freedom Convoy is peacefully protesting Justin Trudeau's vaccine mandate. Trudeau, Trudeau accused the trucker convoy of hateful rhetoric and violence against citizens during a broadcast from his hiding place. Trudeau also said he prefers violent BLM protests because he agrees with their goals. What a worm. Trudeau's attempt to ch- change the scent from the trucker protest and the strong Canadian sentiments, sentiments against mandates. How grateful is Trudeau to have the Ukraine dust up? Something else to, to talk about, to point his finger to, as opposed to meeting with the truckers. He's afraid of them. He won't meet with them. Uh, what an elitist. Well, Arthur, uh, author. Peter Schweitzer uncovered explosive new evidence that Biden's family received some $31 million. Let me repeat that, $31 million from operatives linked to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. He says he found a paper trail that exposed the shady deals during investigations for his new book, Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win, speaking Sunday during his interview on Fox News' Sunday Morning Futures with uh, 
Maria Bar Bartiromo, Schweitzer uh, warned that Biden's family members who had made business deals with communist China have created a national security issue. Peter, we're talking about how conflicts Joe Biden has with his family with China, host uh, Bar Bartiromo said to Schweitzer. This is not just a legality question. Schweitzer issued the warning during the interview on Fox News. This is an issue of national security. You have reported that Biden's family accepted $31 million. Well, look, all I can say, Maria, is I'm old enough to remember the Cold War when we were combating the evil empire of the Soviet Union. Schweitzer replied, it's unfathomable to me that we have tolerated at this time the American first family or second family, the vice presidency, doing business deals with Russian businessmen who are business partners with the highest levels of the KGB. I don't understand why it's different for China, Schweitzer continued. China has the same goals as the Soviet Union. They want to supplant us. So people, I think, in Washington have to get serious about this. This is not a partisan issue. This is a national security issue, said Schweitzer. By the way, he's a darn good writer, and I'm looking forward to reading uh, his book, uh, the new book, what's it called, China? Uh, Red-Handed, Red How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. Definitely going to read that book. Right now I'm reading another great book, uh, is uh, uh, Atheism Did, so interesting, uh, by Eric uh, Metaxas. Well, Pennsylvania court has ruled that a, st a state law allowing universal vote by mail was unconstitutional. A January 28th opinion by Judge Mary Levitt explained why the court struck down Act 77, which allowed all Pennsylvanians to vote mail-in ballots during the elections. As we witnessed in 2020, Act 77 is the current form is susceptible to unconstitutional changes that weaken its election security safeguards. The state Supreme Court unilaterally extended the deadline for mailing ballots to be received and mandated that mail-in ballots lacking a verified signature be accepted. Additionally, the State Department encouraged certain counties to notify parties and candidate, uh, candidate representatives of mail-in voters who ballots, whose ballots contain disqualifying de defects, thereby enabling voters to cure said defects, explained Senator Doug Mastriano. He's a state senator. Uh, Representative Tim Bonner and 13 members of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives filed a petition to review seeking a declaration that Act 77 of violates the Pennsylvania Constitution is therefore void. The petitioners also assert that Act 77 violates the United States Constitution and, as a result, seeks an injunction prohibiting the distribution, collection, and counting of no-excuse ballot mail-ins, mail-in ballots, in future state and uh, federal elections. As in past, likely future candidates for office Petitioners have or will be impacted by the dilution of the count. So it's been declared unconstitutional and void by Pennsylvania State House. This has big implications for the 2020 election because there's a couple hundred thousand of those votes out there and uh, they can all be declared void. That could have implications for the uh, electorals, the electors who were voted in uh, for Biden by uh, st the state of Pennsylvania State House. Stay tuned. This is still going on, and uh, it may surprise all of us when we see what happens in, in the end game here when electors are declared invalid. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Higher Senior Resources at the Golden Gate Senior Center goes a long way towards keeping seniors connected in the community and with each other. Serving all of Collier County, the Senior Center provides comprehensive information regarding resources and services that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers, empowering seniors to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Programs are offered free of charge in a safe, welcoming space and focus on fellowship, enrichment and wellness, continuing education and meeting basic needs through offerings such as daily hot lunch, health screenings, and counseling services. So whether you're looking for referrals to services or a vibrant place to make friends, enjoy community support, or learn something new, Collier Senior Resources at the Golden Gate Senior Center is your Collier Senior Center. To learn more about programs and services, please visit CollierSeniorResources.org. That's CollierSeniorResources.org. Or call the Senior Center directly at 239 239- 252-4534. That's 252-3534. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on the board and, among other things, providing programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the very robust website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. As I say, listening to that commercial for the Senior Resource Center always reminds me that you and your family were very involved in uh, getting the organization started. They do such a great job in providing services for seniors. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Uh, So uh, you're up in Tallahassee right now. I'm sure it's cold up there. Uh, it is. It's, it's cold. I'm in the capital, so you know I don't stay outside too much. Um, we've got, you know, we're we are in our believe it or not fourth week of session. Uh, so next week will be the middle. The middle will be halfway through, and so we're um, extremely busy um, passing the committee bills. Uh, bills are passing through the committees, and uh, we're working on the budget. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering uh, how much money is uh, available for one-time expenses, for example, coming from the federal government. I know that a lot was doled out in some of these packages, I would imagine, perhaps billions to the state of Florida. Yes, uh, and that, that, that uh, poses um, a challenge because we, since we are we're expecting another tranche of money this spring, so there's been a lot of requests for um, funding of various projects, and we made the decision early on that we were not going to spend any of the federal funding to backfill our budget, which some states like California and New York are doing um, because their economy has uh, slowed down in order just to, to pass their everyday budget. They've been having to use federal dollars. Well, because our economy is booming in Florida, since we, you know, our governor has kept us open, um, the funding from the federal government can be used for projects that we've got uh, on hold for a number of reasons that are either shovel ready or, you know, infrastructure one shot projects. You know, obviously, you don't want to use money that is not recurring to do things like pay salaries and, and hire people. Because what do you do when money runs out? So yeah. we we've been looking at infrastructure projects and 
a lot of a lot of water projects, um, conversion of septic tanks to sewer tanks and to, to uh, sewer systems and things like that, which we can do quickly, and um, something that we would have had to do over time. So we're going to be able to do some of the funding for that, which is really important for our state. And I would imagine you have some uh, real special interests and local interests that have their hands out just looking for, I'm thinking of the performing <laughs> arts and others that would like to get some we fun. We do, too. we do. <laughs> um, we do, and and because we will have some of that federal money, and if we don't use it, we have to return it, and then it'll, it'll uh, it, unfortunately, it doesn't go back into whatever coffers, if they have any coffers, it, they just fritter away with uh, to other states. So. You know, we're damned if we do, damned if we don't. So we have to accept it, and you know, we're looking very carefully and judiciously at what we spend it on. Yeah, you probably ended up being spent on uh, air flights for illegal aliens to various cities around <laughs> the United States. But that's yeah, enough. I uh, yeah, that's that's a, a tough issue. Um, you know, nobody really knows. It's interesting. People do jump to some conclusions. Apparently, the one that's been trending on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, um, the, uh, uh, Laura Lomer took a picture of, of some um, uh, man, single man getting off a bus at a, at a hotel uh, up in her neck of the woods. Apparently, it turns out they had uh, guests, they had actual um, green cards for uh, a temporary worker status. So, you know, we just have to be really careful so that we don't fall into a trap. We really we want to make sure we stop those flights. Um, yeah and not get caught in the trap of ones that are actually real. <laughs> right. So, I mean, uh, one of the big stories last year was, of course, this, the uh, implosion of Surfside condo. Right. Uh, are you doing any legislation to address those issues? We are. Um, in the Senate, we have two bills that are actually uh, up in the Regulated Industry Committee today. We have uh, one bill that will be a committee bill of the um, committee that is we're calling it the Residential Building Safety Bill, uh, regard, which is um, changes to the Condominium Act uh, regarding um, the association's obligations to do inspections, inspections by the developers before turnover, uh, how the association should maintain the property. Uh, very big discussion, the reserve fundings, how, uh, uh, how associations uh, should fund reserves, uh, what kind of disclosures should be given to buyers and the like. Uh, the other bill is the actual sort of like a construction kind of focus, and that is um, uh, inspections of buildings on a statewide basis. And it's very thoughtful, and it requires, uh, once a building reaches 30 years, um, it requires a, what we're calling a milestone uh, inspection. And it could be in two parts. One is the is this inspection. It's it's a, a initial inspection uh, per, discloses that there are no problems. Then um, goes down one track. But if the initial inspection uh, discloses some some um, degradation, then there's another inspection that's required to be for, performed, and and uh, reports need to be made and given to the owner of the building or the condo association. And so we want to make sure that people are aware it's all it's all going to be disclosed to the people who live in the building so that they know and um, to local government so that they know. And the, the big part of the bill is requiring the Florida Building Commission to create a comprehensive structural and life safety standards for these buildings over the future. And then there's um, sort of a uh, particular emphasis on buildings that are within three feet of the, I mean, three miles of the coast, yeah. which is the problem with Surfside because of the salt air intrusion and the like. So we're, we're going to move those bills. The house is moving one bill that has the same components. And, you know, we anticipate uh, finalizing that uh, this session and, and moving forward. So do live in a high rise. There will be some additional requirements on your board in um what they need to do regarding inspections and reserves and the like. Well, uh, I, I think that's all very positive. Of course, there's going to be some unintended uh, consequences with slowdowns and costs and that type of thing. But uh, irrespective, I think it's well-deserved and it's something that's very important because some boards just are not uh, doing their job in terms of maintaining the, organ, uh, the, the structure, as is the case with uh, Surfside, which is really a shame. 
yeah, and and I think a lot of it is the pressure from owners that that you know I'm only going to live here a couple of years, so why should I be putting money into it? Exactly. And, um, I, I that's that's a, a real challenge, and um, we've been we've been we've been told, look, yeah. you know, if the if the board won't do it or the owners won't do it, the state's going to have to require it because. Look what happened at Surfside. Exactly. So, Kathleen uh, Pess, I wish there's so much more to talk about, Kathleen, I'm sure, but yeah. uh, <laughs> we're out of time before we're out of topic. So I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo right here on the Paradise Coast. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Road. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House thrift stores, Cafe M25, car wash and detailing center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. I hope you'll check out the app. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I just changed the commercial break, so there we go. <laughs> in any event, uh, Choice Social is a new refreshing social networking platform. I hope you check it out and visit the website choicesocial.us is the website. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley. Right now we have with us Boo Mortensen. It's time to find out what's new with Boo right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you for asking. And I have to say that this Friday, the Olympics start this Friday, and it's almost like a non-event. Yeah. And years ago, you know, there would be, so much excitement and drama and backstories about the athletes and sponsors and, you know, where it was and what went into making the Olympic Village. And now in Beijing, it's just, it's weird. In fact, very few Americans even know that we have a diplomatic boycott of the Olympics, whatever that means. Mm. But the United States, uh, United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, and Denmark are also diplomatically boycotting. 
I think because, that me- uh, I think that means that all the athletes show up, but <laughs> some of the people have got <laughs> some of the, <laughs> the people have got no business being there in the first place aren't showing up, and I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's right, and I think it's I think it's probably because of human rights. I think that's probably the number one driving force on it. But there's actually statistics: fifty four percent of Americans view China as a competitor. 35 consider China an, an enemy. Where do you fall in? Um, I see China as a threat. I see, uh, personally, I, I see China is, uh, first of all, they stole a lot of intellectual property. They don't do business fairly. They don't follow the law. Uh, I, I think it's kind of a, a international criminal enterprise is what the Communist Chinese Party is. And I think that the people are the, the victims are for the starting with the first victims are the Chinese people that, uh, you know, these people yeah. have all the power. So uh, I'm wary of China. One of the things that concerns me is they're locked down. They've t- got people sealed up in their homes. Uh, it's kind of an effort to, I guess, to isolate uh, the Omicron variant and that type of thing to get get rid of the virus. But what do they know that we don't know? This is kind of scary stuff. Or are they doing it because they can? Yeah. Or or do they are they doing it to try and uh, put on a happy face for all the people that are coming to the Olympics? Or maybe it's all of the above. Yeah. I, I don't know. I between all the human right violations. Now we've got transgender athletes. We've got non-binary athletes. Are, which, are you serious? Are these are these categories uh, competing in the Olympics? Yes. I yes. had no idea. First of all, to your point, though, I didn't know the Olympics started this Friday. That's a surprise to me, and that's how little I've been paying there attention to something like this. And you're right, absolutely right. Back in the day, I can recall the excitement that was developed, and we were so proud that how many medals will the United States win, and uh, you know, will we compete and have victory over the Soviet Union and other countries? No, it was, it was a big deal back in the day. Right now, it's it's kind of a uh, I think people have mixed feelings about uh, this whole thing right now. Uh, Especially the international climate and what's going on with the vaccine and virus and all these other issues. Oh, I I think so. And, you know, Russia and what they're doing, uh, everything is so, there's so much upheaval and disruption. Do you know that the last time we had a full uh, boycott of the Olympics was in 1980? in Moscow, mm-hmm. against Moscow, and then they retaliated four years later, and in 1984, they said, well, our athletes aren't going to your Summer Olympics hmm. in L.A. Yeah. That was the last time, 1980. And of course, this isn't an athletic, I mean, the athletes aren't boycotting, it's the, uh, that was, the, the that, diplomats, whatever that means. Yeah, I guess that was... But the, I, I think between, it just is... It's just between the COVID has colored everything, the fact that Beijing doesn't have snow, um, the the sexual kind of mystery of some of the athletes, mm-hmm. it all just seems funky. You know, uh, you mentioned transsexual. And to me— Transgender. Transgender—look, there are men and there are women— there are some men who are confused about the sexuality, as there are women who are considered, but it doesn't make them any less men or women. <laughs> there is no transsexual, there is no transgender, uh, you know, people trying to perhaps to change their gender. But, they, you know, to me, this whole notion is just fabricated in order to confuse the nation with, about its sexuality. Well, they're doing a good job. Yeah. I mean, do you know what non-binary is? I don't know. I guess it's somebody that doesn't identify with male or female. But one of the dancers, the ice skaters, is a guy, and he has made a very big deal about being non-binary. I mean, that's almost his claim to fame. Yeah. And there are transgender swimmers, you know, guys that want to be women. To me, it seems like they have an unfair advantage just because men are much stronger than women. Couldn't you just do a DNA test 
And if your DNA comes back a guy, even though you want to be a woman, wouldn't you then compete with guys? Absolutely. This is makeup. This is just again caving into the left, making up all this nonsense. Uh, basically, look, <laughs> we realize you've got some issues, and perhaps you want to be a woman. We get all that, but uh, look, no special exceptions. If you're a man, <laughs> you're competing with the men, or you're not competing at all. That's my that view. Seems to me to make sense, but somehow that's they're allowing transgender athletes in. Yeah. So let's see where that goes. I mean, it'll be fascinating. So I'm backing and up. You did you th- did you say that there's no snow? <laughs> that's pretty. That's that's got a real problem for the Winter Olympics. Oh yeah, I think that uh, Beijing has a real problem with uh, with the snow wow. and lack of it. Had no idea. I haven't been. Yeah, I didn't either. But I have to. I have to admit, you you brought up a great topic because I have not been paying attention. This is not one of the things that it's not a priority on my list of things to to be concerned about. So that's so interesting. I, you know, back then the country was all so unified, and it was, you know, America was great, and yet, like you said, you it was so important to get all the gold medals, and there was so much. Uh, you know, you're interested in what they were wearing and the, the backstory of a lot of the athletes. I, I couldn't name, I know that one Sean White, who was a snowboarder. Yeah. It, uh, that's the only athlete I can name. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I, I agree with you 100%, uh, Boo. And it's uh, it's really a shame, uh, quite frankly, how things have developed right now. I, I did watch Donald Trump's rally on Saturday night. I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of it, but it just made me so happy to hear that guy again <laughs> talking about making America great again and all these things. It's just uh, I miss him, quite frankly. And I know a lot of people don't have the same sentiment. I realize some people don't like him. But, uh, you know, I think what he wants for this country is absolutely right. And if, if he were the president right now, I think there'd be a different sentiment going on about what's happening in the Olympics. Yeah, I I agree. I sure don't like what's going on now. And when you think we've got three more years of this, you know, it's uh, enough to get you on antidepressants, practically. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, we're living in a funky, weird time. Oh, yeah. It's just a funk, I think. Absolutely. Boo Mortensen, it's yep. always a pleasure to get your comment and commentary here on the show. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. 
A terrific product for the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can buy tickets now and find out more about the beautiful 44,000-square-foot new Playhouse Performing Arts Center being built in downtown Naples. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Is Linda Harden any relation? She is my wife, Seton. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, yeah. Tell us yeah. about tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> not so good. It's 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 a big it's a big opportunity, indeed. <laughs> well. So, uh, hey, unfortunately, you, government is a growth industry. Go I'm, ahead. I'm really happy you wrote this column because I think it ports out some very important points here. Revolving door, big government and big biz are terminally entwined. Golly, is that true? You can see it in so many instances. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I one of the impetuses for the piece was a great comment on a column I wrote a week or so ago on Red State. The commenter said. And I, 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 I wanted to put it in the quote in the piece. I freaking forgot. I was already at thirteen hundred words. But he said, "Big cuck businesses are more like small governments than they are like business. Mm-hmm. They're big. They're sclerotic. They're slow. They don't respond well to things. You got to ask fifty-two people for permission to change the, you know, light bulb in the bathroom. Um, and that's a very important point. And that's why there's." There's a lot of psychic uh, communion with big government. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, of course, there's the monetary and power uh, demographic of 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 linking up uh, government and and business. You know, back when Jonah Goldberg was relevant in 2009, he wrote a book called Liberal Liberal Fascism because, of course, the zeitgeist has successfully ascribed fascism to the right. It's not a rightist ideology. It's a leftist. Ideology. I mean, Stalin and I mean, excuse me, uh, Hitler and Mussolini in Italy were both socialists before they became fascists. They changed armbands, not ideology. Right. It's a left-wing thing. Now, they were both very nationalist. We had this weird thing here where our fascists are hyper anti-nationalists. Right. I mean, they right. hate America and they're trying to destroy it. Right. Um, but they are definitely all about. The merger of big business and you know industry and and government, and that's what's happening. You see it all over the place. The biggest example the last couple of years, of course, big pharma dominates the Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the Food and Drug Administration. They say jump, and the, and the government says how high. Big mm-hmm. pharma says jump, and government snaps too. I mean. Why have we been banned from talking about preventatives like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? Right. Because big pharma's patents have expired on those drugs. See, we yeah, just as, a, as an aside, yeah, just as a side, just take a look at, uh, go to any network and just watch the commercials that are being played. You know, you're seeing All one the after, after the other, and uh, you can imagine the influence that this has on programming. Well, I mean, just, I, you know, life, life gets better if you take a pill. <laughs> No, it, but, you know, it's actually, I heard uh, on Fox News, I think it was the, uh, I forgot what the name of the show was, is, but anyhow, they they uh, refused to talk about George Soros on that show with uh, Newt That's Gingrich. That's right, yes. He, uh, I think Carl Rove brought up George Soros and was immediately chastised for it. Yeah. Um, and, and um, yeah, so there's that. There's, of course... I, I wrote about this uh, a couple of times because it's been going on for months now. Uh, the airline industry, for reasons that surpass my understanding, are trying to block 5G around airports, claiming it interferes with 
the airport and airplane technology, right. which is complete and utter nonsense. Hmm. There are over 30 countries that are doing what we're trying to do around the world without incident, without problem, no, no interference whatsoever. In fact, and of course, the physics of spectrum, which is the wireless airways we use for this type of thing, all these wireless things, the physics is exactly the same in Norway as it is here. Of course. So if it works in Norway, it's going to work here. And not only that, but the Trump administration did a year's worth of testing just to make absolutely sure, even though other countries were already doing it, and no problem. So they sold the Spectrum. It's called the C-band. It's the mid. It's it's the, the Spectrum. Real quick, Spectrum is low, medium, and high bands. It's kind of like a monopoly board. It's a finite resource. Some Spectrum is more useful than others. Some of it's Baltic Avenue. Some of it's Park Place and everywhere in between. The C-band spectrum is very good for 5G because it's fast. It's, it's when we start getting 1G, 1 gig of speed up and down mm-hmm. um, to, the, to the phone is when we start using the spectrum. And we're getting blocked by the airline. And my only guess of the airline industry is they want to pay out from the wireless industry to replace all these, all, you know, tech, all these uh, instruments that are going to be affected, even though none of them are. Huh. I mean, you'd have to be Snoopy and the Red Baron to have technology old enough to be affected <laughs> yes. by this. But anyway, the, the FAA, the Federal, Air, Federal Aviation Administration, is, was there, saw the Trump administration's testing, because they were involved in it, and the, FAA, the airline industry comes to them and says, start trying to block this. And they start trying to block it. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then, you know, so that's another example. And, you know, meanwhile, China's beating us to 5G, and then they get the right to global rules. That's a good idea. So didn't Um, didn't they reach some sort of agreement, though, like a two-mile distance? No, it keeps getting kicked down the road. Is that right? The Uh, the agreement, quote-unquote, was the the, the major AT&T and Verizon keep waiting to deploy. hmm. And so that's not a solution. That's a delay of the inevitable. Yeah, yeah. That's not a solution. No, they, you know, they they delay for two weeks, and the and the airline industry issue and the FAA issues press releases, and then they have to, then they get yelled at because the media is on the wrong side of this too. So, so there's another example, and then of course the third example that I put in the piece, and I'm trying to remember it now because <laughs> I'm already thinking about today's piece. It's um. What what's the what's the third example, please, Bob? You have a piece. You know in front what? Of you? I I don't have it here, but it, I'd like to just underscore your point because it's so important. You think about a corporation basically saying, "Hey, hey, we have a lot of influence. How do we want to use it? Let's say use it. Right, we can, right. we can that's, cer- the, that's the point. That's well, one of the points I should make. By the way, it's the Federal Communications Commission. Yeah. And and Biden's awful nominee to be the fifth commissioner, the tie-breaking vote. Her name's Gigi San. I know her. Yeah. I've done a couple of panels with her in D.C. She's a very nice person. She's a radical. Yeah. And not only that, speaking of revolving door, she worked for the Obama FCC. When Trump won, she left. She got a job on the board of a company called Lowcast. Lowcast had signed up 3 million subscribers for stolen intellectual property. For, they were streaming broadcast uh, television and not paying the broadcasters for it. So they were ordered by a judge to shut down, never operate again, and pay $32 million in fines. Wow. Well, then the day after Gigi Sohn is nominated, the National Association for Business, uh, for broadcasters, NAB, which represents all the big broadcasters around around the country, cut a deal after Sohn was nominated where they reduced the fine from $32 million to 700000 My goodness. See, this and is... So what they're doing is they're buying the fifth vote on the FCC. Unbelievable. I really yeah, appreciate yeah. your commentary here on the show. I want to refer our listeners. Do take a look at this column and read it. It's so interesting. Go to lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Revolving door, big government and big biz are terminally entwined. How true. See, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you very, very much. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. She writes Greetings from Paradise. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my lovely wife. She's also the author of a terrific column she writes periodically. It's called Greetings from oh, Paradise. Done. You're done? <laughs> I'm done with not, not anymore. So in any event, uh, Linda Hart's with us. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. So, uh, you know, the truckers are up there in Canada. They're certainly making a statement. Trudeau is saying, well, it's a fringe group. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, he ran out of town because of a fringe group. Right? I know. First of all, uh, but it, this is a big story because it, it's so interesting. He says everybody has to get, uh, get the, uh, the vaccine. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, it's been he it's COVID. he got COVID. Meanwhile, his family member got COVID. Meanwhile, it's been demonstrated that the vaccine doesn't work against the Omicron virus. Meanwhile, I mean, you can down down the list. This is a big. He is creating a problem for himself and the Canadians, uh, which provides absolutely no benefit to anybody involved. You know, we were watching Tucker last night, and they had that. Um, Tucker had that gentleman from. Uh, Pierre Trudeau's party on. Remember the guy with the bow tie and the big red glasses? Oh, yeah. And and Tucker asked him if he thought that um, this would affect Pierre Trudeau's, uh, Justin Trudeau's, I'm sorry, uh, uh, reign as, as prime minister. And this guy said, no, no, no. I disagree with him. I think he's just going to get forced out of, out of office because people up there are just so ticked off. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm being nice. I mean, they are furious. So Trudeau announces that uh, he's pulling all of his uh, people out of uh, Ukraine. And uh, he, again, he started to do the saber rattling, just like, like, just like Biden is doing. In order to the dog. Uh, trying to uh, change the scent away from the problems that exist here in the country. For example, like inflation and uh, cops getting shot. And uh, you go down the list. It's happening under the, if it's ha bad, it's happening under Biden. And uh, he says, well, let's get concerned about the Ukraine. We've uh, pulled out of, uh, we've pulled out of Afghanistan and made a miserable failure of that. But let's start something new. Well, meanwhile, I mean, it's it's just so funny. If it, it would be funny if it weren't so serious, um, they think we're all stupid. They think we're all stupid that we're not paying attention to to what's going on. They think that they can do whatever they want, put any, everybody into lockdown, make them pay exorbitant prices for everything, and nobody will notice. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And uh, like Saki or Pasaki or whatever her name is. Oh, Jen Saki. Uh, Jen Saki yesterday. Who should never wear red. <laughs> She's got red hair and she should never wear red. Someone okay. needs to tell her. Okay, well, that's out of my purview and out of my uh, 
above my pay grade. But uh, the the point is that she was uh, she just kind of sloughed off and laughed about the fact that the worst the Biden administration is soft on crime. Of course, it's soft on crime. Look at all the problems that we've had with Black Lives Matter, the lack of justice, two tier justice system that we have right now. We have these people floundering in jail with no due process for at, over January sixth, and and in the meantime, you got people in Los Angeles and other cities where. You know, people are not being convicted of serious crimes. It's it's just really appalling. Well, let's just talk about the two-tier justice system for just a moment. All right. Um, here, Biden. Remember, remember when Donald Trump was quote unquote impeached for a phone call with the president of Ukraine. I do. So, uh, plugs Biden has had a couple of phone calls. One with she uh, of, of China, and the other one with the president of Ukraine where he absolutely screwed up everything. One with Chi was when they asked him, uh, well, did you ask him about the, uh, about the uh, responsibility that China had for the Wuhan lab and all that? And he said, oh, yeah, I brought that up. <laughs> There's and, no record of it. No. Well, and he says, well, there was no one else in, in, on the phone call. Everybody has to be on those phone calls. That's right. So th- there's a flurry of people. If it was Donald Trump, oh, my goodness, they were digging up people from... Every I closet know. in the world to testify against it, It's him. so true. I and mean, then, and then, with the Ukraine, with the the um, Ukrainian president Zelensky, Biden is saying uh, that that oh my goodness, Russia is going to invade any second. He's just ginning it, up all this fear, and and Zelensky's going, "What the hell are you talking?" I about? know. Hey, cool your heels, man. There's a, no, we got no problems over here. And, and, and meanwhile, and meanwhile, um, when Trump had that that phone call with Zelensky, and and they were saying, oh, he put us into um, national peril or, or worldly peril or whatever. And Trump says, here's the transcript. It was a perfect phone call. So, hey, listen, I'm, I'm changing uh, topics on you, but uh, it was so refreshing. We watched together uh, President Trump's Trust rally you. on Saturday night in, in uh, Texas. Conroe, Texas. Conroe, Texas, was it? Conroe. Conroe. And it was so refreshing. 50,000 people showed up. 50,000 people. And apparently, it was the largest rally ever in the state of Texas. Big, a big deal. But he, would, he didn't pull any punches. Boy, he was calling them like he saw them on Saturday night. It was great. And you know what's so cool about uh, He has a sense of calm about him. I mean, he's he doesn't get angry. He just he just like you said says it like it is. He mm-hmm. just calls everything out, and he has no fear. I just love his sense of calm. Like he knows something we don't. And every he kept saying, "What did he say? Uh, that uh, we all got screwed, but we're gonna fix it." <laughs> yes, he he did, and he doesn't. You know, he doesn't pull any punches about the idea that left right now is doing everything in their power to try and get him out of power to somehow avoid the opportunity for him to run for president in 2024 they are scared uh, they are scared that he's living and breathing he's 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 living rent free in all of their heads absolutely the way, which is um circling back to use jen Psaki's term which she won't use anymore because she got teased about it so much but every nearly every presser she has she has to bring up trump yeah and it and it's like he is just haunting all of them, which gives me great joy. It does indeed. It reminds me, my favorite word is schadenfreude. I experience schadenfreude, which is basically taking, uh, taking joy in other people's misery, which <laughs> when you watch the Democrats imploding over everything that's happening with regard to this, it just, I, I experience schadenfreude. Well, it's, it's, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so I have to bring up one thing in comparison with, with Biden and, and Trump, and I, I told you this before, I think. But uh, when, when Biden went to Pittsburgh last week to yeah. talk about infrastructure and blah, 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 he's got a, a, a convoy of maybe four cars with some police escort. He's driving down a road in Pittsburgh and no one cares. There is no one cheering. There's no one looking. It was some lady was walking down the street with a bag, and she could care less. Uh, Meanwhile, Trump's going to Conroe, Texas, and he's got like a 20-car a, a caravan yeah. with all these SUVs and whatever, and with, with police front and back with, a, with a motorcycle cops everywhere, and people are 10 deep. 
cheering him. Yeah. It's it's just there's something going on that's just very bizarre. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Biden can't draw flies, and the president's drawing uh, fifty thousand people in Conroe, Texas. I don't know how big Conroe is, but it, my goodness, it's just amazing. Linda, I always appreciate your commentary. Are we done already? Yeah, we're <laughs> we're running out of time, but I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining I'm us. I'm glad it's warming up, Naples. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Linda. All right, well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow we're going to visit with Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute, and Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Uh, I hope you, uh, if you have, I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.